Uh, hey, Walshie, we got uh, a sort of a, a, I guess, a good news, bad news situation. Well, we're at the halfway point, Tim. For those of you who are listening, yeah. this is Second in Command. I'm Matt Walsh. I play Mike McClintock. I'm Tim Simons. I play Jonah Ryan. This is... Uh, uh, second in uh, Command. A Veep Rewatch. A Veep Rewatch. A Veep Rewatch. From the yeah, highest rung classic. on the lowest go- ladder. From there the highest go. rung on the lowest ladder. <laughs> the lowest rung on the highest ladder. <laughs> That's how we look at this show. So good news, bad news situation is that uh, we're going to be taking a little bit of a break uh, while we look for a new home. We're going to be... Uh, we have a bunch of episodes recorded uh, that will be coming up. We have one uh, with uh, Julia. We have one with uh, Callie Hershuey. Uh, Sam Richardson. Sam Richardson. Really excited about all these episodes coming up, but we are going to be looking for a new home, and we wanted to shout out the hard work of everybody at Cast, uh, our amazing producer. Uh, although oh, he had a little bit of a wandering eye, Arvin Lee, amazing producer. Yeah, but every once an in a while, producer. Uh, uh, you know, kind of his eye like wandered a little bit. Yeah, I was going to save the best for last. I want I want to give a shout out to Libor who does tech for us, and Travis, uh, as well as Colin, who was the 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 big boss. Uh, thanks for everything. And now we're back to Arvin, who's our uh, personal producer slash uh, almost kid brother in a way, because it was kind of a nuisance at time to teach him his job, sort of. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, Seeming. no. That I think that's a fair assessment. I think yeah. I think what we're going to be doing is looking back from the halfway point a little bit. Not only where we can improve, but also you know how others can improve going forward. And Arvin definitely, um, yeah, we had to teach him how to do his job a couple times. Yeah, I don't know if this was his first uh, podcast video cast, but <laughs> there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of growth for him as well as us. But for him, I think uh, uh, definitely more so for him. Yeah. Remember that time, like on the first day, he was where he was like, What do these buttons do? And he was just kind of like mashing them all like a Muppet, you know? And we were like, Didn't even know if the first one recorded. Oh. Yeah. And he didn't know what Eastern Standard Time was or Pacific Standard <laughs> Time was. <laughs> and he's still boba all over the board and it yeah. like short circuited and like there were sparks flying out everywhere. Yeah. His interpretation of producer was like, I'll bring like Korean pastries. Uh-huh. And uh, I'll make a salad spinner a fuck, which was actually good. He was good at props. He was really like, let's let's give credit where credit is due. The salad he spinner a, really, a fuck was really good. Or jokes. He had really or, good yeah. themed games when it yeah. came to like you know trivia, quizzes, all that. Like he had really good themed games, like a fuckload of bread. Yeah. Like all the questions were on the bread. Arvin, you're awesome, man. Come on for a second and say. Come on for a second, let us see you. Hey, man. Thank you very much for all your run. Let's see how far that went. Can you close? Can you at least close your closet door or your brother's closet door behind you? I mean, oh, is no, that you know, that's, is that full that's production value? Of, you know, all right. this is this is the raw view. You know, all right. <laughs> yeah, I'm we're just you raw. I was just giving uh, you advice for next for the next time we uh, work together or whatever. But yeah, here's one thing that we do get to look forward to is that Arvin will just get to be our full-on guest when we do the episode where where Arvin was a guest star. He won't oh have God. to run the board. He won't have to think about anything else. We're just going to have him on to talk about his experience on the set of Veep when we get there. 
Oh, you think I'm a bumbling idiot now? Wait till you bring me on as a guest. <laughs> He's just... <laughs> well, it's, it's hard because... Did you watch the Kanye documentary? Any of you guys? No. No. Fuck it's, that guy. Well, <laughs> sure. That's a good. You're, you're always point. good. You're always good for a hot take. I I appreciate that take. <laughs> but what's interesting is you see him before he was famous, and he was making beats for these guys, and he was telling them, "I'm going to be famous," and they would see him in one light. He was the guy who made beats. He didn't have that swagger or okay. that like aggro kind of persona. And so for you, Arvin, you're you're straddling two lines. You're not making beats. You're producing, and then you're also. Are you talent. calling me Kanye? Are you calling me uh, the no. Kanye in this situation? I guess in this situation, you're similar to Kanye in that you're straddling two fences. Instead of making beats, you're producing podcasts, but you're also talent, and you want to be seen as talent. So the benefit yeah, of this yeah. halfway point is you're going to be completely free. We won't see you as a producer. Our audience won't see you as a producer anymore. And there's a lot of influential people who uh, pull the strings in Hollywood that, that listen to this show that are going to think yeah. of you now as only talent because you're stepping away from the show, which in many ways is the reason you're stepping away is why I'm stepping away, honestly. I mean, and let's shout sure. out some of these Hollywood tastemakers that are listening. Uh, names like Steven Spielberg. Ron yeah. Howard, uh, yeah. Catherine Bigelow. These are people that I get text messages from, Catherine I would say two Bigelow. or three times a day, being like, you know, when's the next episode coming out? Like, you guys are so funny. Like, uh, uh, Casting like, directors, Francine Maisel, Allison Jones. Yes. Allison uh, Jones, just, I mean, Jenny McCarthy. Just, uh, I've oh heard my. that this is the uh, industry standard podcast. Kevin Feige, they is that how you say his last name? Kevin, Kevin, Kevin Feige. Feige. Yeah, Kevin the Feige. The Russo brothers. The Russo brothers. A lot of the Marvel the people brothers. swear by this There's show. All three Hemsworths <laughs> I'm just are blowing me up. And now they're going to see you, Arvin, as not just the producer of this podcast, but as yeah. uh, just an artist, a full, a full measure of artist yourself. Yeah, and that's the benefit of this moment. Yeah, yeah. Well, some may even say that uh, for the duration of this podcast, I was kind of you know, uh, on the lowest rung on, on a high ladder. You know, some may even say it that way. <laughs> some, I don't know. Some. Some might say that. I, there's got to be a better way to say it. <laughs> there, no, I feel like that's the clearest. No, I feel like it's pretty That's accurate. the clearest way to describe I feel like that. you're. I feel like you're more like a questionably accurate producer <laughs> uh, with a definitive take on an iconic show. I'll take that. I'll take that. Uh, do we want to look at any halfway point stats? Well, she and I were talking about this yesterday, about things that we needed to improve on. Well, your so communication was one of the early things, I thought. My my communication was something that I had that you vocalized. You, you were communicative. But instead of making it subjective, yeah, I'll be objective. So I looked at the analytics before, like we had uh -huh. our big talk and our big come to uh -huh. Jesus moment. Your uh, return time on a typical text was, uh, I think it was 52 hours on average. Wow. Okay. On average. Uh, and now it's down to uh, 90 minutes on average. So that's a Honestly, huge, that's a that's huge a, improvement. That's a huge improvement. Yeah. And I think... One thing that I actually like about this, and I'm not saying that like I'm not gonna, like I'm always going to be trying to improve. I'm always going to be trying to take you know 
even small steps forward for for you and for the greater community. Mm -hmm. But I I don't want to get it down too low. I mean, I don't think the expectation should be that if someone sends me a text message or an email, that the expectation will be, I will return this within 15 minutes, 45 minutes. You know what I mean? Like that, I, I feel like, I, I do want to like have some separation there. You know what I mean? What do you think is a, what do you think is a, I feel like 90 minutes is, is pretty good. Yeah, this is only for the second in command text chain. Okay. This is not for email. I didn't run analytics on that. I didn't want to have too many like, for me, I live and die by the second in command text chain. That's where, mm-hmm. that's if I want to find you or Arvin, that's where I go. But yeah. you're right. You don't, you can't be expected to be like, instant reply because you have a life, you have children, you play golf uh, semi-professionally lately. While we're on these analytics, I do want to say that I uh, looked up your, uh, I looked up your, um, the the stats on how many times you hit the table while we were recording, making Mm -hmm. like a big kind of shocking noise for the Mm -hmm. listeners. Mm -hmm. And in those first episodes, you were averaging one Point three eight hits on the table for every five minutes. Why do you look Which, up at the ceiling when you read that number from the analytics? It looks like you're making that up. No, I'm not. I you're just, reading no, it. I'm, you're reading it. No, I mean, like, I've, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I wasn't reading it because I, I have gone over the analytics okay, enough right. that okay, sorry. I know I was <laughs> recalling it because <laughs> okay. I know them sort of backward and forward. Well, just pull them up on the spreadsheet. I mean, it's all right, so okay, easy. All right, let me just get them on the spreadsheet. Hold on. Okay, so if we're at 1.38 knocks per minute? No. Per, per every five minutes. Per every five minutes. And five, so okay. if you then multiply, five goes into 60 uh, 20 times, which means you were hitting the table about 27 and a half times per hour. Per hour. To, okay. To the point where it distorted sound or took sound out or something. Oh, yeah. I mean, just, okay. I got to tell you, Walsh. I mean, like at the beginning, it's, I mean, it was a nightmare. Okay. But, you know, we talked about it. We kind of had to come to Jesus about it. And you're, you're down to 0.76 uh, hits per every five minutes, 0.76. I got to tell you, I, I think there's still some room for improvement. You're down to 15.2 over the course of an hour. And this is mm. great, obviously. Where do you come in? What's your number? Like, how many hits per show? Are I don't you, do are it. Ever? No, I don't do it. You're like a scratch golfer when it comes to hits on the table? Yes. Dear Lord, I got to fix that. Well, I'm, I feel like I'm in last place still. All right. No, like, you're definitely this, not in last place. I mean, like, it's a no. process. We're only halfway through. You're right. No, but I get competitive. Like, the fact that you're just dunking on me. I'll, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll catch up. <laughs> I'll, I I'm will not, definitely stop uh, pounding on the table. The stats, don't, the stats don't have an agenda. The stats aren't trying to dunk on you. No, no. The stats show that you're improving. Like, they're not doing that to make... To, to make you look bad. They're yeah, just, but if you did a Hogan flight tournament at a Palm Springs mm-hmm. and you were 52nd out of 55 golfers, the mm-hmm. stats aren't trying to insult you, but the field is telling you, what? You need to be better. Yeah. Okay, well, that's how I look at this stat sheet myself. Okay. So halfway point, how do you feel about the general, like the vibe you know, the people out there, like the whispers on the street, you know, I'm going to throw out some names when you, when they talk to you. Hemsworth Brothers, Spielbergs, uh, Catherine Bigelow's. When they talk to you about the show, 
do you think that we're seeing actual word on the street, word of mouth change in the perception of whether or not Mike was good at his job? I think it's been effective. I think because for a long time, it was a comic bit. Mm -hmm. And then after a while, it became like an introspective rethinking of a character they thought they understood. And then once that got inside their craw, then people start to look at the show and some of the things we pointed out, like everybody's pretty bad at their job. Like Richard Day One, Tony, Mm -hmm. uh, we've talked about Amy, like huge gaffes. Even Selena, my God, Selena makes terrible mistakes. So it starts... The sand, the quicksand underneath everyone's like foundational image is starting to fall away. So I think it's really changed the way people, in a way, once the four minute mile was broken, mm-hmm. it's reset people to go back to the show and think what's possible. Like maybe, maybe Mike's the best at his job is is what I'm hearing from a few of these. Not not from Spielberg or Bigelow or any of those people you answered, but right, probably people who are like PAs on sets. They're not like movers and shakers, but still, it's possible. You know, it's funny. I was talking to Ari Aster, uh, director of uh, Midsummer and uh, and Hereditary, and he used the same four minute mile analogy that you just used. I'm not surprised, and. Uh, when I was talking to my good friend Stephen Colbert, you know, between mm-hmm. commercials, because I was recently on a show, who's oh, that's obvi- right, yeah, he was obviously, I think, maybe one of our number one fans, uh, maybe number one. We'll have to do a ranking because I know Dave Mandel listens too, uh, but he was saying like he backed off. He hasn't changed that much. He backed off a little bit because I think he was virulently saying Mike's terrible at his job. Yes. He's a simpleton, but I think he's sort of backed off a little bit. So that's encouraging, I think. And I, I do also want to point out that like perception, I mean, because it's a show about politics and the sort of like the perception is the reality. The fact that, that again, I'm just going to throw these names out. I'm just throwing these names out. But like uh, you have guys like your Paul Verhoeven's, your mm-hmm. David Cronenberg's, your Sam Raimi's. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like that these guys are starting to realize not only that Mike's not as bad at his job, but that maybe Amy isn't as good at hers. That mm-hmm. really what you're also seeing is the scale kind of being a, a, adjusted. Like the fact that that their, uh, that their perception is being brought down. Mm-hmm. and your perception is being brought up, it's almost like it's changing the scale that you've been graded on. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And so I think that's also helping. Well, I was talking to Doris Kearns Goodwin, who does a lot of books about presidents and such, mm-hmm. and she was sort of commenting in the moment about, you know, Obama's very legacy conscious, and he caught a lot of grief. There was a lot of, like, knee-jerk reaction, like, oh, thanks, Obama, and he caught shit for trying to push health care, and he got much less popular approval than, in truth, I think the way history will treat him, uh, he will prove out to be a wonderful president, obviously. And Mm -hmm. what we're kind of doing with Mike as well is like popular opinion during the show, similar to Obama's approval rating, it's like, oh, Mike's not good at his job. But what's going to prove out is what Doris was encouraging me is like, history will prove that Mike was great at his job. Like he was... Ah in the line of press secretaries, he will prove out to be, you know, uh, 
it's all it's it's a little subjective, but you could say like Lincoln is one of our great ones, or uh, you know Truman, or uh, you know Franklin Delano. Like these are the greats, and I think Mike would be sort of in the Mount Rushmore of press secretaries on fictional TV shows. Okay. No, no. it's funny. I, I was walking around the neighborhood and I bumped into uh, Michael Mann and his uh, personal trainer, uh, both who listened to the show, who got into it separately. And then like they were in one of their, you know, Michael Mann, the director of uh, of Heat. Manhunter. And Heat. And Heat. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, like just one of the greatest, greatest directors. Old thief. I mean, like absolute, just one of the best directors. Bad Boys? Did he do Bad seen. Boys? No, that was Michael Bay. Sorry. Uh, that's Excuse Michael me. Bay. Sorry. Um, I also did uh, uh, Black Hat. I mean, really just... But so both Michael Mann and his personal trainer started listening to the show separately. And then during one of their training sessions, they kind of both brought up how much they love it to one another. This is the story they were telling me when I bumped into him in the neighborhood about how much they loved it. And they were like, oh my God, it's the best. I mean, it's like clearly the best podcast that's ever that's on right now. And like, you know, let's talk about it's, you know, where it's, where it lies in history. You know what I mean? They were having that conversation. That's not for me to say. Um, But they were bringing mm -hmm. up when it comes to Mike being good at his job, that history, that like this is, this works against you. That history can sometimes sand edges that in the way that we're seeing with like George W. Bush, how like, you know, everybody kind of thinks of him now is like, oh, what a cute little guy who, does paintings and, you know, he like scratches a old dog's head. You know, he's like, oh, look at this cute little puppy over here. Like, that's what he does now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So so they're of the school that as time goes on or as history will prove out, Mike will not be seen as great at his job in comparison to the rest of the cast. I, well, that, that ultimately that the memory will be less of you being bad at your job, but it doesn't mean you weren't bad at it. Does that mean, like, you won't, you won't be given respect. People will just have forgotten that you were bad, if that makes sense. That, that's what Michael Mann and Michael Mann's personal trainer. I see. So that's what sort they were of, telling to me. Sort of, as time flows on, we're, we're less relevant, sort of. It's, yeah. it's, it's somewhere in there. Well, well, this is why the, the show has fostered such great debate, because he's, they're not the only people who love the show and, and they're not the only uh, trainer trainee tandem that listens to the show. I, I meet so many people who are like, my trainer and I listen to your podcast while we're training. Uh-huh. And I'm like, well, that's genius. Like what better way to, because nobody really likes to work out unless you're super vain and you like to flex yeah. in the mirror a lot. Uh, well, you feel better afterwards, but you know what I mean? No, but absolutely. Point it's being like, people. Yeah. You sort of dread it, but once you get in there, then you appreciate it, I think. Yeah. This is the general uh, default position I'm working out. But like I said, a lot of trainers and trainees, it makes the time go by. And that's that's been a revelation for me is that, uh, and a lot of, uh, weirdly, a lot of, again, tandems, uh, husbands and wives and pilots and co-pilots. A lot of pilots and co-pilots, when they land, on the bus ride to the, you know, the hotel where they all got to be together, they'll pop it in mm-hmm. on the van. Yeah. So there's a lot of like professional pairs that find the show. And maybe that's an extension of you and I's chemistry, Tim. Like in some ways we're pilot, co-pilot, we go back and forth. And Arvin is sort of like the flight attendant. Air, or the air traffic control kind of keeping us, you know, on the ones and twos. I think it's he's really sort funny. of like the flight attendant that like, 
you have to remind him to lock the airlock door because we're taxiing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how I see like he Arvin. He can't take off. He's like always trying to pull the the lever that lets the jet, like the the blow up jet slide thing out, like yeah. in the middle of the air. You know what I mean? And it's like Arvin, that's only for emergencies. Or tell the first class people uh, that we're at a country fried steak, so you can have two of them come up front when we get to eat. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like. You got to repeat that stuff to him. Like, how hard is it to remember? Like, I love country fried steak. When it's on the menu, just tell the people in first class, uh, we're out. What we're is out. We, what is country fried steak? It's basically like a Salisbury steak that they deep fry and they put gravy on and mash. But it's like a frozen dinner kind of thing. Oh, okay. It's probably not a lot in first class anymore. But back in the day, early but- air, air, airplane food, it was typical. I, uh, it's funny you should bring that up because, uh, you know, uh, Tom Cruise is a pilot actor, Tom Cruise. He's in that, uh, Top Gun again or something it's called. Yeah. They're doing Top Gun. I think Maverick. I don't know if it's like colon Maverick. Um, yeah, I call it Top Gun again. Uh, Top Gun again. So he was, uh, obviously he's been busy shooting, uh, you know, uh, Mission Impossible and doing all this press, the press tour for Top, for Top Gun again. And uh, so I didn't talk to him and his uh, and his flight trainer uh, in person. You know, I didn't like bump into him on the street like I did with Michael Mann. We were just kind of texting about all this. Mm-hmm. And he brought up the same thing, that idea of how like he listens to it kind of in the background, like listens to episodes of like again and again when he's landing, you know, especially if there's like bumpy landings or you got some pretty, you know, some crosswinds. And he said that it just kind of centers him when he's when he's flying. And I, so anyway, just to build off your point of, you know, the cot pilots and co-pilots about just sort of like what we're hearing, the feedback we're getting uh, in did the he, Apple reviews. Did you happen to, I know he's busy, but did you happen to ask him about his position about Mike being good at his job? Oh, he's full in. I'm he sorry, oh, I can't believe I forgot to tell you that. Yeah, no, he's full in. He's like, I, I was completely wrong. I thought he was bad. He's very good. Especially relative to the other cast yeah. members. Yeah. Especially relative to yeah. the cast members. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting. I think Mike is going to be like the electric car. Mike being good at his job. It's just going to be everywhere. It's just going to be Eventually, it's going to be everywhere. Everyone's going to have an electric car. Everyone's going to realize relative to everyone on the show, Mike's good at his job. I want to bring this up uh, with just like, kind of going through the stats, uh, the stat sheets. Um there were out of how many episodes, Arvin? How many episodes did we produce? Um, we have thirty-two episodes out, but we there we got, got a few more in the season can. Four, season four, episode two is where we stopped. Okay, so out of the, just looking at the analytics of the of this of the episodes that have aired, yeah, the ones that have aired, thirty-two, thirty-two. There were seventeen times where I was really glad you were there. Is that sincere glad you were here? Or that's just times you've episodes where you said it? Oh, I was glad you were there the whole time. I'm sorry, I should I should rephrase that. 32 of 32 episodes, I was glad you were there. Right. 17 of 32 episodes, I spoke that I spoke that. I communicated that to you after you made a wonderful point that made me view something in a different way. And I was just, I felt it in my heart and I spoke it. That I was I'm going to send that. you some. I'm going to send you some articles in the chat. We don't need to belabor this with our listeners, uh-huh. Tim. It's it's 
When you say something the exact same way every time, psychologists have found there's a lack of sincerity. Like if okay. you had found different ways to say it to me in the moment, like, what a wonderful insight, Matt. That's a really thing I didn't think of, as opposed to just going right to, I'm really glad you're here. Some scientists or some you know, sociologists, social psychologists, industrial psychologists mm-hmm. for that matter, they feel that it's patter that it's uh, reflexive and it's not um, thoughtful and introspective and sincere. But I'll send you the articles. It's all, no, you know. I'll read the articles when you send them. They're that in the chat funny. now. They're in the chat now. Okay, I will read those. I, obviously, I'm not going to take the time to do it right now. I do appreciate you sending those to me, though. I'm glad. I am glad you're here to send me those and because I want to keep getting better. This actually does ring true because there was one time uh, that I was on, uh, I was on set uh, with um, uh, Willie, the director, uh, uh, William Friedkin. Uh, just something we were working on, you know, just kind of an idea, like a, like oh, you know, we're gonna make a movie back like they did in the seventies. You know what I mean? Billy mm-hmm. Peterson was there um, mm-hmm. from uh, To Live and Die in L.A., obviously, mm-hmm. and then Manhunter, and then ultimately did. And so you know, we were just kind of all talking, and and and. After every take, both William Friedkin and, and, and Billy Peterson would come in and be like, Tim, you're, you're just so good. You know what I mean? Every take. But they, that's, no, but this this rings true because every take, they would say that. They would say it the exact same oh, way. And I would right. say like after the fifth or sixth take, I was like, I don't know if they're being honest. I mean, they were. They were being honest. I asked them later. But but yeah, no, you're right. When somebody just says like, wow, you're... Did you end up seeing the footage from this project? Like, did it prove true? Like you look at that performance. Oh yeah! Like we would do the thing. Like you know, they would like send the prints to the lab, and we would like watch the dailies and everything. Uh huh. We'd sit and like watch the dailies, like they did back in the day. And I got to tell you, man, the scenes that I was, I, I did a great job. And where could what? Is, this is a short film or something. Where would I? Oh see no, this? no, it's like it's it's a feature, but it's more like a tone poem that we're just kind of feeling out. You know what I oh, mean? It's, it's like under wraps. Okay. Yeah, it's it's under wraps. Like I mean, it's not like we're not like keeping the plot details a secret. It's just that like the plot isn't important. You know, it's about yeah. it's about feeling. It's about mood. You know, we're we're discovering it as we go. Um, That's interesting. That, I bet that'd be interesting to a place like the Museum of Motion Picture. I feel yeah, like that, that's yeah. an interesting like exploration that they would definitely be curious about. They've reached out. They have. Oh, that's cool. They have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's. Cool. I was there. I was there because they actually have a little bit of an exhibit at the Motion Picture Museum. Yeah. Uh, for Second in Command. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, one of the analytics uh, that I found very interesting is mm-hmm. that sixty-one uh, percent of our viewers. Uh, spend two-thirds of the year in the United States. They do travel abroad. So, okay. And then 39% spend one-third of their time in the United States or okay. don't live in the United States. Okay. Do you... Okay. So that means... so. I hope I don't have to explain this to you. <laughs> um... <laughs> No, no, no. I think I think I think I got it. I think I got it. We have a lot of so, foreigners who like our show. Right. I think just like what I'm what I'm thinking is is that I would say overall if I'm just doing some quick mental math, that means that uh I would say 17 to 22% of our audience lives in the United States full time. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A lot of people get out when, like, when things get scary or, you know, when something awful mm-hmm. happens. People are like, let's go to Mexico for two months. Maybe we should try living here for a while. And we're just, if we're looking at like the socioeconomic stats, it's, but I want to, this is going to sound alarming. Yeah. But the average income of our listeners Mm -hmm. is $300 million a year. Now, this is, I understand. Yes. Yeah. That's not a true mean. That's not the no. most commonly occurring salary. What that is, is it's an average, which is skewed by the fact that like Warren Buffett, Jeff Bezos, yes. Uh, yes. Bill Mackenzie, Mackenzie Scott. Yeah. Jeff Bezos, Bezos is. Yeah. All those people listen to the show and download the mm-hmm. show or they're regular subscribers. So yeah. that skews what is. You know, there's a significant following, but it's not like millions of people follow the show. So if you have five of the richest people, which we do, yeah. listening to the show, unfortunately, we also have five Russian oligarchs listening to our show, which is very disappointing. But there it also, really is. That's yeah, skew- this- yeah, that skews it yeah. too. But you know, in entertainment, I gotta say, like maybe we're affecting, you know, their opinion of the world. Like that's the beauty of entertainment. Is like, as you know, in some ways. Poetry can change the world more than legislation. You know what I mean? And that's mm-hmm. the hope for this show is like those oligarchs who listen to our show, who are, were gifted the money probably by Putin or whatever. Mm-hmm. Maybe we're softening them. Maybe we're winning them over. Maybe there's hope that they can like stop this disaster, you know, that's happening in Eastern Europe right now. Yeah. That's the hope. That's the hope. That would... Um, and in the meantime, would, it helps. In the meantime... Have us. Have, I don't know how yeah. we're going to use that moving forward because we, you know what I mean? Like, well, that's what happens when you look at analytics because it's a sexy show when you can show advertisers like the, the meat, you know, the average income for our uh, typical listeners, 300K or 300 million, excuse me. They're like, oh my God, like we're going to get nothing but high end, you know, oh my ro- God. starting Rolex's basement and then going up from there. So high-value merchandise customers, I mean, that helps us. Uh, right now, Arvin was texting me earlier uh, that both Tag Hauer and uh, Rolex are currently fighting over, they're currently fighting over time, like, you know, advertising space. Yeah, I won't do a live read for Tag, How- Tag Hauer. Oh, wow. Um, wow, uh, I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go rolling. I, t- cause every, every celebrity of our status has to pick their watch. And I think I'm, I think I'm zoning in on Rolex. Once I, okay. I haven't endorsed a watch yet and it's a big okay. moment in a celebrity's career. You'll get there, Tim, where it's right around the corner. I think I will. It's right around the corner. Believe me. Um, where you have to get behind, you know, a high value item, like a watch. Mm-hmm. And for men, it's watches. For women, I don't know. It's probably like a hair or makeup company, perhaps. Uh, makeup companies, and I would say like, you know, not colognes, but, uh, you know, parfum. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So anyways, uh, but that's neither here nor there. I guess we should start like wrapping up because I feel like unless you have yeah. another analytic. No, I mean, sure. that's pretty much, it's pretty much all it. I mean, analytics of like, just really like, you know, great compliments. Yeah. I mean, I got, a bunch for every episode, kind of countless, you know what I mean? 
all the number crunchers were like, we don't count this high. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we have like an 86% kindness factor, meaning like uh, the choices our listeners make are usually driven out of kindness 86% of the time. That's great. because Which is something I'm really proud of. There's, I think, I think we should be because there's that whole thing of like, you know, sometimes. But you know, what fucks from, that up. Obviously, is the oligarchs, but I won't. The oligarchs, obviously, are like. I don't want to make the show about it's not them. A true, yeah. So that number is probably going to be higher. higher. That kindness number is probably going to even higher. Yeah, being the. And 90s. There's that thing about you can be nice but not kind, and you can be kind but not nice. Right. And I like, I like that our our uh, audience is is a kind audience, whether or not they're nice about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I appreciate, too, that we got the Google Metrics Pro because these kind of things you don't get with just the standard Google Metrics. No, 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 no. This is I, like I, good stats, good breakdown. This is this is good. These are good stats. So if you're out there and you need Google Metrics Pro, we are signing on fully. It's worth it's worth the money. It is. Um, it is. Yeah, I think we should probably wrap up. This has been... Uh, a wonderful experience working with Cast. It was a great time. This is my hotel room in Savannah, Tim. Just to show okay. you, I'm down That's in Savannah. Really cool. uh, looks nice. Arvin, let's see the closet behind you. Okay. <laughs> show us some more right, time. Got that? Just got the closet. Okay, good. Um, I, I'd like I'd like to hear what you guys are up to. Uh, plug, plug. You both have projects out. You know what? You know what I learned. One of the biggest things that I learned from this. My, two of my favorite moments of recording the show were when Julia, when we asked Julia if she had anything to plug, and she said it was like, no. And then no. Frank Rich, we were like, do you have anything to plug? And he was like, no. And you know what? It was so great. And that is not a slight at anybody who has ever plugged anything, but I just love that they were like, no. So I'm going to go, I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to, from now on, if anybody ever asks me if I have anything to plug, my answer is going to be no. <laughs> even no. on talk shows wow. even on and talk yeah. shows it's pretty badass well I'm gonna plug unplugging just cause I'm a whore uh, go see this movie that took forever to make it's so hard to get an indie movie out there if you haven't seen it it's, it's you can watch it from your couch and that's it really uh, hopefully Tim and I will be doing a live version of this at some point what are you doing? What's your plug? Do you have a plug? Yeah, do you have a plug for? Do you have a show coming up? No. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what you should plug. I'll tell you what you should plug. You were doing looping for a hit show. Was weren't you like doing a voice mm. for some Netflix show? Can you? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, it's out. Uh, well, I'll plug one of them because it's probably the most interesting one. It's a Korean drama about BDSM. Oh, that's right. You had to explain to your parents, parents. or grandparents? Just my parents. My grandparents would have died all over again if I had to do that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But that okay. was fun. I, I had to explain to my mom what BDSM is. that the one where you almost lost your voice? No, that was the zombie one. Because I had to oh, scream. the zombie one. Yeah. Heard... Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. And, and those names... Whatever you don't want to give them. Oh, sure. Love and leashes. Go, go watch it on Netflix. Um, I wanted one last note. Uh, if you remember when we had the Dietrich Bader episode, he told us how his dad talked about the hat, mm-hmm. like fame or power is the hat. Yeah. When you when you don't have the hat, you pass it on to someone else. And we talked about the Shimizu heat. 
Oh yeah, that? Shimizu Heat. Arvin, Arvin, do you remember what the Shimizu Heat? Was? Yeah, it's it's like you you know you've made it, right? If if you you know uh, you're wearing the hat. If if yeah. Doctor Shimizu, if Peter Shimizu is if he like taps out. Yeah. If he taps out the hygienist and he's like, I got, this. I got this. Yeah. <laughs> if he wants to spend time for the dental cleaning, well, I discovered a a new term which we can test market, which is the uh, the residence in Gooch. Uh huh. And I'm staying at a residence inn. And the other day, the woman at the front, who, I, who, is, who I'm friendly with now, she's like, uh, how come you don't like acting anymore? I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> she's like, I don't see you acting anymore. <laughs> did, you, did you stop acting? <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm doing stuff. So it kind of means like, oh, shit. I'm like falling out of the public consciousness. You know what I mean? You got to go see Dr. Shimizu again. No, it's just like another litmus. It just tells you where you're... Not that Shimizu doesn't give you the heat. He's just uh, like, oh, I know I know, I got it when he's coming right, in. Right, right, right. And so when you get the residents in Gooch, when someone says, how come you don't like acting anymore? Then you know like, oh, shoot, I need to be doing more. Okay, so the residents in Gooch is almost the opposite of the Shimizu heat. It means that you don't have the heat. You're not wearing the hat. Right. Got it. Right. The gooch. Like that's in cards, like or whatever, when somebody puts like a, a cooler effect on your luck. Mm-hmm. Call that the gooch. How did you so, respond to her? I'm so curious. I kind of laughed. I said, no, I'm doing stuff. You know, I think I think also it just kind of shows you that the media world is pretty saturated right now. Yeah, and you know what? It's it's all relative, whatever. We're for, we're fortunate to make careers in this crazy business and we're fortunate to uh, work with people like Arvin, you know, and uh, it's the journey. I think the destination. What I'm hearing is what I'm hearing you saying is that sometimes it's the heat and sometimes it's the gooch, but you got to take the heat and the gooch when they come. Yeah. And those are just indicators of where you're at. It's almost like when you're on a lake and they have like the green light, which means, Mm -hmm. you know, you're close to shore and the red light means you're like out in the middle. It's just telling you where you are according to the... I don't, I don't think that's what those lights mean. Well, a boat, has a, green, a boat has a green light, I believe, on the port side and a red light yeah. on the starboard mm-hmm. side, right? Okay. So they're just indicators. Yeah. That's all. The heat and the gooch. I take back. The heat and the yeah, gooch. the heat and the gooch. The residents in Gooch and the, and the, Shimizu, and the heat. Shimizu Heat. Uh, guys, thank you very much thank for sticking you. with us. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you to Arvin. Thank you to Travis. Thank you to Libor. Thank you to Colin. Thank you to everybody at Cast. Travis, Colin, and Deanna, Olivia. And Cast, Olivia, too. And Olivia. And Olivia. Yeah, thank you, Olivia. Olivia coming in with the good folks. outfits all the time. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Great experience. Uh yeah. What uh, a true watch this space situation. We'll be back with those episodes uh, once we find a new home. Yeah. All right. All right. Peace. Peace. Thanks for watching Second in Command of Veep Rewatch. Yeah. Please hit the subscribe button and tune in every Tuesday when the new ones drop. Rewatch the show for exclusive behind the scenes stuff, info, insight, and more. Episodes coming, and thanks for watching. Yeah. Hit that uh, subscribe button. This is the mouse arrow, right? That's what you're representing. It's the a cursor. Put it, do a little circle with your finger and it'll, it'll like be bigger so you can see where it is. Oh, okay.